Hello, and welcome back to another episode of History from the Big Chair. I'm your host, Chloe, and once again with me today, as always, is... For all the words about from Tears for Fears. No way! Special <laughs> guest, guys! Special guest. Oh, it's, it's Brendan. Yeah. I sound so exciting. disappointed. Yeah, not I'm as never exciting. Di- no, I'm never disappointed to have you around. Good. Um, so... Kind of tying off the Seeds of Love era, huh? Yeah, this is the last Seeds of Love. Wow. Yeah, so um, today we will be talking about the Going to California tape. Uh, It was recorded in Santa Barbara, California. May 26, 1990. And released October eighth, nineteen ninety. You took the words right out of my hey, mouth. Did you know? Did you know they played um, the Santa Barbara Bowl the day after they played the Pavilion? No. Yeah, they played the Pavilion May twenty fifth, nineteen ninety. I don't get it. I don't know. They played there in nineteen ninety. What Pavilion? The Concord Pavilion. What? What Setlist FM says that they played their May twenty fifth, nineteen ninety. You're saying the Pavilion? I was like, okay. really? That's what Setlist FM says. It says they played there May twenty fifth, nineteen ninety. Oh! oh my God! What? How am I just learning about this? Because you said the Pavilion, and immediately I was like, oh, Concord Pavilion. But I was like, no, that's too vague. Like, what Pavilion? Wow, really? Like, is that real? I have no recollection. I I doubt anyone would make that up. Like, that's too... So, for those who don't know... Oh my god, Concord, California is my hometown. That's why I was pretty much born and raised until 2020. Mm -hmm. And that's where I saw them in June of last year. Oh my god, they seriously... So, that that wasn't their first time there. Wow. Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. flabbergasted. Oh my god. Did you know that too? Or are you just learning? Just learning. I don't know much about that tour. Oh my god. That is insanely special to me. Yeah. Wow. I oh really my... didn't. No, that's basically wow. news to me. Bay Area represent. That. I, I, wow. I'm, okay, I'm going to stop, like, fawning over that so we can get going, but that means a great deal to me. Wow. I wonder if there's any footage from that. Probably not. No. Anywhere on the internet, but they didn't really allow people to tape concerts back then. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I can't believe I didn't know that until now. Wow. Thank you for letting me know. I wow, dude. All right, we're gonna get moving on. But wow, yeah, um, it was called the, the day before Pavilion at the time. Really? In 1990, but nope, that's it. In Concord? Yeah. Wow, dude. That's it's also insane. important to note at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve of the gigs. Uh, unknown female artist named deborah harry opened for them that tour on that tour yeah not at the pavilion but on that tour someone named deborah harry debbie harry i remember you mentioning this actually but that was a while ago that you talked to me about it that was yeah like... there's there's actually a shirt that has both them and her on it that i wish i had that one <laughs> i would love that shirt yeah it has wow, her name that's crazy though what are the odds that the day before they filmed the Going to California show, they played in Concord? That's insane. Yeah. Dude, my mind had, is blown. I had no idea that, um, like, some of the opening acts, Michael Penn is Sean Penn's brother, like, the actor. He opened for them. That's who my mom saw because she saw this tour. Yeah. In Philadelphia at the Man where they performed in 2020. Hey, wait a second. The two shows we saw in 2022, you saw three shows in 2020, but two of the shows that we saw in 2022, they played the same venues in 1990. Oh, that's 
That is special. That's awesome. That is special. Oh my god, that's crazy. Alright, all right, we just need to get moving. Um, so yes, this is a live concert filmed for the Seeds of Love tour, released May 26, 1990. Um, so I guess to go over some personnel, we have Roland Orzabal on guitar and vocals, Kurt Smith on bass guitar and vocals, the lovely Alita Adams on piano and vocals, Carol Steele on percussion and backing vocals, and then we have some familiar faces all around me. Familiar. <laughs> Um, we have Neil Taylor on lead guitar, great guitarist. Um, Andy Davis, I guess, I guess to refresh memories, um, Neil Taylor, he toured during the hurting and then he was also, he does the guitar solo on everybody wants to rule the world and broken and and broken. Right. And then Andy Davis, he was a Corgi and he also did the piano on head over heels and he toured during the hurting as well. And no, he didn't. No, never mind. Um, then we have Will Gregory, our favorite saxophonist. Um, I'm sure you all know that, but I guess in case you don't, he toured during Songs of the Big Chair. Uh, and he was on Songs of the Big Chair, uh, Working Hour, and I believe, right? Is he mm-hmm. on Working Hour? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think, I don't actually don't think he's on. I don't know. I don't, you think we'd know. Uh, I did know, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, yeah. then we have Jim, Jim Copley on drums. He's gone, right? Yeah, he passed he, away. Even, yeah, team. okay. May he rest in peace. And then we have Adele Berté on backing vocals and Biddy Strawn on backy, backing vocals. Yeah. yeah. I think that's honestly here. it's a pretty solid group though. Definitely the most unique. It's really unique, character. but I think it's really solid. We'll get into yeah, it. This is, we'll get there. This is the first time I watched slash listened to this thing and enjoyed it. Yeah, because cause I remember, like, you've been talking so poorly about it. You're like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this episode. And I wa- as I watched it tonight, I was like, dude, this is amazing. Now, that wasn't the first time I'd wa- I The last time I saw it, sometime in 2020. So it's Long been time. a good th- three years, so I didn't remember any of it. So some of these things actually surprised me to see again. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up watching this one because I had the Scenes in the Picture DVD that had Going to California as a bonus feature on it. Awesome. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I remember seeing this thing a lot as a kid, and uh, I, rem- I remember it so well in my head because I saw it so, uh, so much. That's awesome. And, and it's important to point out um, with the show, we'll talk about the set list as we go along, each individual song, whatever, whatever, whatever. And um, it's important to know that uh, at this show specifically, they played Standing on the Corner of the Third World, but it's not it's not in the visual concert. Oh, really? Yeah, they played that song. It, audio of it exists, but it's just not in the mm-hmm. video. They're like me, for real. <sighs> Hear me out. I don't actually hate that song. I think it's really good, actually. I just, there's something about it that makes it my least favorite. But I still like it a lot. Mm-hmm. You ready to dive in? Yeah, I'm getting, uh, calling the set list up real quick. This I got can... it. Oh, okay. I, I do wonder, you know, getting back to, um, you know, this tour and... The structure of it and everything like that. I always wondered, like, with the early sets, I don't, do you think a picture of Tears Your Fears with Debbie Harry exists somewhere in the grand schemes of people's personal archives and photographs and whatnot? Uh-huh. Do you think one exists? You think, no idea. You think 
think they ever like talked backstage? <laughs> you never know. Those, those are two very different people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so on the track list, it says it it it, it counts the intro song as like the first song is on the track list, but it wasn't actually played. No, it was like a tape. Yeah, it was just out. yeah. It was like stay of nineteen ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um. Uh, so I guess if we were to start talking about the music, um, the show opens up with "I believe." I believe you believe. Believe. Yeah. <laughs> Which believe. I thought it, it's a little different. <laughs> yes, and I thought it was an interesting choice to have as a concert opener, but yeah. it worked because they had Olita perform it, oh my and God, it's gorgeous. it's perfect with her voice and. To me, this I, is the definitive version of the song. Honestly, yeah, it's it's made for a voice like that. Not that Roland's voice isn't great, but it's just kind of made for something like that. You know, like they labeled the re-recording a soulful re-recording, but I think this is even this more is soulful. the soulful re-recording. This is, yeah, this is extremely soulful. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I still say she's got one of the best voices I've ever heard. Like oh, genuinely, hundred percent. It's amazing. I and, think um, it might be my favorite voice of all time. Genuinely, because yeah. it's she's just she never slips up. Her voice never cracks. It's as no. smooth as butter. It's flawless. It's genuinely the most flawless voice. I think and what I've I think is amazing heard. is this is. 30 some years ago now and she really does still have that same exact voice and oh, um yeah yeah it's it's amazing like it's it's fantastic really she's got one of the best voices out there without a doubt in my mind um yeah i mean it's really cool you know seeing on the wall backstage during the casino Spanish eyes part, and they're all clapping. They have a mic set up that they're all clapping and cheering into to provide mm-hmm. sound effects. I thought that yeah. was a nice touch. And then, um, of course, Roland sings the last line. Yes, know? I thought it was really cool when he came in. And it really just highlights how much his voice changed <laughs> between mm-hmm. when he recorded that initially and then when they're performing it then. Huge difference. Huge. Oh, huge yeah, difference. yeah, yeah. Um, um, I liked William shredding on the sex. Yeah. I, I noticed that throughout this whole thing is that that guy, that guy has some skill. Jeez, <laughs> um, oh, I say um a lot. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Basically, it's a great way to open a show. It's a very different way to open a show. But um, after that, they all walk out, and we are introduced to a very fast version ahead of her heels. Did you catch, did you catch that? How f- yeah, um, they performed it at a faster tempo, and I, I don't hate it, but I don't think it's very fitting for that song. No. It makes it feel very rushed. Yeah. I, I will say one thing. Um. Jimmy did this great thing as a drummer first off. So many extra fills that he added, which were just really cool to like pick up on great skills. But um I think I found very interesting was um how it felt like almost every single song was like sped up a little bit, just a little. A little yeah, I think I might agree. Not necessarily a bad thing per se, but I'm going but on to set list FM just to confirm. I just I re- I need to see it for myself. But it's no, it's kind of crazy though, like how head That's over surreal. heels and yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It, it's kind of crazy how head over heels and broken put together were shorter than head over heels on its own. <laughs> yeah, it's because of how much faster. It was. Oh, you know, it was. It, there's a big speed difference. I noticed. Yeah. But um, it's also so weird having that song so early on in yes, the set list. The, the, the exact it's, thing it's, I said is it's I very early it. on in the big chair tour. It's like the second or third thing, but it does work as like an opener. 
I think. Like, but doing doing it at that pace and that tempo works great as an open. But if they were to do like normal head for heels, mm-mm, keep it towards the end. I think I'm just so used to it being near the end. That it just like had a place. That it just feels so wrong to have it so early. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's all I got for that one. I think it's a good performance, though. Yeah. I will say one thing. Um, while I still do believe the performances... You believe? I believe, yeah. <laughs> well, I believe the performances in this show are fantastic. The editing is a bit nauseating. With the constant color to black and white, the color to black and white, and the zoom-ins and those glitchy tape effects that they would do where they would be, like, on the screen three times in a row and they'd be stretched and, like, flickering. It just doesn't look good. It looks very dated. Not in, like, a charming in-my-mind's-eye kind of way where, like, the graphics are really silly, but at least it has a certain 80s charm. This just feels, like, dated 90s, you know? Yeah. But I get like I said, you. the performances on here are really good. To me. Yeah. I really like them. So um, after that, we have a very good version of Change. Oh, yeah. And um, I guess this one's also very fast. <laughs> it did feel a little bit faster. And um, Dude, I'm still caught up on the Conquer thing. I'm, like, about to cry. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can continue. Um, but... <laughs> This version of change is very interesting because, like, the last minute of it is just, like, straight up, like, just jamming and whatnot. And you get Mother's Talk thrown in there with the weekend working outs and whatnot. And, you know, yeah, he's the doing the bass vocal from the verses. Yeah. Which is just interesting. You know, to put Mother's Talk and change two songs that my opinion, I would never put together in my own mind. But good on them for doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I do dig this performance. It's pretty good. But I will say one yeah. thing though, that mm-hmm. I noticed with Kurt's voice, how much it had changed from the hurting mm-hmm. to then, like, and he, I mean, his voice has gotten a little high with age, but he doesn't like sound too different then as he does now. I think his voice was really strong overall in this concert. There was only one song where it was faltering a bit, but we'll get there. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, but yeah, great performance. And the mother's talking was, I didn't hate it. It was, I, I, I liked it. I, it. It worked. Surprisingly. Yeah. There was a, a lot of energy in this one. A whole lot of energy in this entire show. And for a band that, at this point, hated each other, basically, Roland and Kurt couldn't stand each other. Wanted to break up right then and there. Yeah. You don't you don't feel it at all. You didn't feel any chemistry during this concert? No, you don't feel like they're gonna like wanna like break up, you know? Oh. I don't feel it. Next up is Pale Shelter. I didn't have much to say. It was just such a spot on performance. Yeah. Is it because change and head over heels were so fast, or was this one slowed down? Or was it because the previous I think, two were so fast? I think so you're fast? just used to the previous two being, like, twice as fast. It's like when you, you're listening to a, a 45 and then you put an album on and it's still at 45 RPM. <laughs> it's fast that you forget to change it. That's what it was like. But, no, this is just a, a good version of Pound Shelter. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next up was Woman in Chains really good performance. Like, I'm going to say it every time. Like, Olita truly has such a flawless voice. And I think I think she smoked Roland in this performance. Oh, I agree. He's, she upstaged his ass. She smoked. <laughs> not, I'm not saying he didn't do well, but I mean, just she she's perfect. Yeah. And- it's insane. Something that I found very profound about this, and um, I hate to sound like a, you know, an old, not an old person, but like a bit of a, uh, I don't know what the term looking for is, is 
There's not a phone in sight. Everyone's just living in the moment. <laughs> I saw no, some lighters in the crowd. You know all those people wish that they could record it. If if they could. Um, but yeah. Um, what else did I write? Because I, I, as always, I wrote it all down. You know, it's, um, Good. I, th- I, th- I thought it was um, really lovely having a group of women singing the So Free Her part. Like, you had four chicks doing it. You had Carol, Olita, Adele, and uh, Biddy. Mm-hmm. And it just, Definitely it works so well. layering, you know? It does, because I'm not saying it sounds bad today, but it just doesn't have that depth that mm-hmm. it did. Depth because they word. only have... Because yeah. <laughs> um, they only have Karina or Lauren. Yeah. Kurt doesn't do it. <laughs> do better. I'm just kidding. Um, what, what do you have to say? Um... It was just um, probably like my eyes, like a definitive version of it. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. My, I'm sorry, my head is still unconquered. How did you find that out just now? Um, I went to go to Setlist.com to look for this show specifically, and it was right below it. That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to but, the um, back to the yeah, but um yeah, this was just like I said, also just so interesting having this being your fifth song. That's early on. In a oh, sound. you're right. Wow, I didn't Five. I didn't realize. That's just insane. It's like a huge move. It's a very brave move, dare I say. You now put a song this heavy in your front half. I have a question. What? Is Third World the only song that was cut out? Yes. Seventeen songs. That's. Well, I mean, that's not short. But that's shorter than like Tipping Point. Yeah, but um, no, this is very different. I mean, you figure she's doing all that and having to play a lead piano part. She, I, I can't get over it how talented she is. Oh, I mean, oh, well, you guys will be hearing all about it soon. We've got a, a thing we, to review. We, yep, I'm looking forward to that episode because that's an album I haven't revisited. That's an album I need to revisit. I haven't listened to that I in listened three to years. It. Really, I just listened to it back in like May. How is it? <laughs> it's real. I mean, that's why I bought it on vinyl. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been a while for me. I'm glad I, only, I, I own a. You uh, need it on vinyl. I own a Get Here 45. I got it for 79 That's cents. That's on my list. Oh, wow. It's probably. Is it good condition? Um, No picture sleeve, but yeah, perfectly fine. Played like a charm. Yeah, most of the Get Here 45s are generic sleeves. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, Unrelated, but I also. Because at the records where I go to, I'm not saying the name of it because I'm not trying to like dox my location, but best store in the world. Mm. <laughs> Great no, Amoeba is better. Amoeba is obviously better. Stock wise, <laughs> inventory wise. Amoeba Hollywood. Amoeba Hollywood's free on what? Two stories? <laughs> is it? No, it's that's Bur- that's Bur- No, not Berkeley. So one of them has two stories, doesn't it? Um, I don't. I mean, I've I've been to Berkeley and L.A. Where's the third one? Is it San Francisco? I don't know. But, um, um, no, I've, I've, no, I don't think, no, I know Walnut Creek is, doesn't have two stories. Maybe you're thinking, no, you wouldn't be thinking of that. I'm thinking of a place that's not an amoeba. There's another record records. store, maybe. There's yeah. a record store in Berkeley yeah. right down the street from Amoeba. It has two stories. Called yeah, but I was going through, um, the 45 section. And they have some that are like marked to real low price. And then if you buy a certain amount, you get it for like 79 cents each. So I ended up finding that one. And then I found. Um, they have a 45 section? Yeah. Is huge it newer? one. No, it's been there for ages. I just never look in it. You never showed it to me? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No, anyway, but continue. There's, yeah, there's. Um, 
I got a Capitol Records uh, jukebox 45 with a juke strip of Duran Duran's um, Electric Barbarella backed with oh, uh, Out of My Mind for 79 cents. And I looked up on Discogs. It's actually like a, a 20 to $30 record. Yeah, Electric Barbarella is like one of the expensive ones. I don't know. I've seen yeah, that. It, was, it was 90s. That's the height of the CD. Yeah. You know, thank God Bedazzling just got a reissue, though. I'm proud to say I own it. Yeah, because it was kind of blacklisted for a while. It was it got the happy ending treatment. <laughs> yeah, Medazzaland um never had an official vinyl release. There was bootleg. It wasn't on streaming either. It was on Apple Music because they, they had an exclusive deal that allowed the release of oh, that. Oh, it was Apple Music. Okay. Yeah, but Medazzaland and like four others weren't streaming. It, it would be, um, I remember this isn't Duran Duran from the. Yeah, because remember it was the album from '95. Thank you, that covers album, and then. All you need is now from 2010. That's there was like a three or four album gap of stuff that just wasn't there, and they had a new deal, and everything's available. And Pop Trash is coming on vinyl in December. So if Duran Duran can release Pop Trash and vinyl, Tears Your Fears can release Happy End. There's more of a market for ha- oh. <laughs> There's more of a market for Happy Ending than there is for Pop Trash, and I 100% believe that. Oh, certainly. Um. Yeah, as far as Olita discography goes, is that all you have? Just get here. Yeah, I know. I don't even have a circle of one CD or anything. I do have her rendition of the Elton John song "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me" on CD because it's on an Elton John um, tribute album called Two Rooms." Oh, interesting. Roland produced to play guitar on it, sing backing on it. He's all over it. It's a very nice. good song. Oh, you have to hear that. It's okay. Gorgeous. Uh, I have, I have a rhythm of life forty five, a circle of one forty five, and a circle of one LP, and I I I'm looking to get a get here forty five as well. Mhm. Yep. That's good. She, she's my dream guest for the podcast. You know that. Mm, I agree. If we if we can get a lead out on, then I'd be a happy camper. Insane. Yeah, I I. I, um, I she just, I know for a fact, she probably would just, like, offer such a unique and inspiring perspective on music and everything, you know? She just oh, seems absolutely. like such a knowledgeable person and everything, like, you know? Yeah, she seems so wise, yeah. Yeah, just a beautiful soul, you know? Really, absolutely. Um, Did you say all you needed to say? No, this, this is, like, my favorite live rendition, I guess. I would agree, Absolutely. It's just because there's a really good version they did on French TV back in 96. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's all right. It's cool. But this one, having that huge backing, you know, like, like, yeah, like I believe, mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, you know, you believe? I believe it was said in the classic albums documentary or in the Seeds of Love book in the box set. Basically, someone, it was either Roland Kurt or Leah said that this is basically like a Tears for Fears stage show. Rather than like a concert, mm. like it became a production, and it's the truth. Yeah. So many musicians. You so saw, many... yeah. It was it was a production. It was. I mean, your mom is very lucky to have seen that. Yeah, this is this was a pretty amazing tour, you know. I mean, it broke the band. It one hundred percent did. This is this was yeah. the final straw. Money issues and whatnot, and just getting along <laughs> but you know I guess uh, Roland said recently that um I'm gonna paraphrase here because I don't remember exactly what he said but you make your best art when there's pain involved or you're oh, going through something and interesting maybe he's got a point I'm moving on if you're ready are you ready yes advice for the young at heart Mm-hmm. Um, it started off with Roland on COVID vocals yes. in the intro, which I thought that was interesting. Yeah, interesting touch. Kurt playing acoustic bass. I didn't notice. S- sitting on a stool. <laughs> um, his voice was a little shaky in this one. Yeah, I noticed. But still sounded good. And the saxophone fit in very well. I kind of like, when I hear that, I'm like, that could have fit in the original. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, the Seeds of Love is such an overproduced album. Let's overproduce it even more, you know? <laughs> it's overproduced, but it's good. 
Yeah, it's not like overkill. Actually, kind of is. Swords and knives, middle section, overkill. Here's <laughs> a knife, middle section, overkill. Batman's song being eight and a half minutes long, overkill. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, good performance. Good version. Great, great song. You know, just hearing that, just a perfect pop song, start to finish. It really is. Should have been a hit. Think about it. Should've that been. song only got to like what ninety one in the states. Something like that, like ninety three. Criminal, criminal, uh-huh. criminal. Um, criminal. Af- right after that was Mad World, and this was a really good performance. I liked it a lot. Same, and it's, Hurt it's so ruined. interesting. They only would they only did three songs on the hurting in this show, but I think they chose probably the three best ones to do live. Um, oh yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, they did the the big three from that one. But, huh. um, something that you have on CD, they did the hurting as the last song. Oh, the one you yeah uh huh yeah yeah. I don't know if you ever heard that before. I oh did they cut it out of this? Yeah, they don't they didn't do well. They didn't do the hurting in the show. They that's when they like only did like once or twice. Oh, oh, okay. We yeah, the one I... I've heard a recording, but it was three years ago, so I don't really yeah, know well, what it sounded like. Yeah, it was good. And also, Roland did a whole monologue um, before Famous Last Words. I don't know if it was this show, but it's the one that you ha- have as well. And it was very interesting. And that got cut out of this. And band introduction got cut out of this because Kurt would always do that. He'd go around like he, how he does now. Love that, love that. They probably yeah, did it to condense it for the yeah. so release. When you have the time for our next episode, remember this. Either I could send you the files or go listen to your CD and the get CD, back. The custom bootleg CD I've obtained from you. Black Mark, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so right after that was Famous Last Words. Oh my god, dude. Roland's voice sounded so amazing in this performance oh, yeah. and it's like butter. it was it was a great it was one of my it was a top three highlight of the show for me absolutely top three the i have top, my top it's three a, he's like, it's, it's a top three highlight for me because of what followed it you know the whole thing yeah put together we'll, we'll get to we'll that next but um no it's just a stunning song especially live because you know all the added percussion mm-hmm you know, with the chimes, the, yeah. you know, Carol was just doing whatever, trying to fill mm-hmm. out the background noises on the album. She's using shakers, hitting stuff. Jimmy was doing the cymbal thing, you know, with tapping the... Uh, I loved right. it. It was, it, like, painted It was picture, an experience. But, yeah. Um, That's like, and the one song I'm going to be so upset that I never saw live. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're there's, never pulling There's a out. few. There's quite a few, but... um. Yeah, and then the, if if you don't know, the like some of the last words of the song is, "We will laugh, we will sing when the saints go marching in," and so right after famous last words ends, they do their own rendition of "When the Saints Go Marching In," and I think that's really neat because when you think about it, it's kind of random. It's a random song for tears for fears mm-hmm. to play. But I really enjoyed it, and it was so boppy and soulful. It just, it sounded super good and super, like a production. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like a production. It's, it's no, it literally sounded like music from a stage production or a stage show. Really? And it I, did. I was just kind of sitting over there, just, you know, like, <laughs> you know, kind of just bopping along. I was actually taking a quiz when I was listening to this. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it was. Um, it was an. Exp- I don't want to say it was like the best thing about this whole thing is I feel like be undermining you know the actual material that they wrote, but it was a great arrangement of it too, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, was sad. it seemed like a fun time. The audience was getting into it. Now, that's I a way to... getting... You you've seen me at a Tears for Fears show. You know how I get. Now and that's what you a, saw it. that's a way to pull your audience in to do a song that every single person sitting there knows. <laughs> yeah, but you 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 know how I am at shows. You've seen it with your own eyes now. I like have. that's I would get so hyped. I would. I would have gotten into that one. That was one of the first things I ever learned on piano when I was like six years old. Oh, that's cute. 
And actually, so, that's that's how I knew the song. I thought it was a Tears for Fears song when I was a little, <laughs> little kid. It's because I, I saw it from there when I was like four or five years old. And then when I'm learning it, I, and that's when I learned what a traditional song was. Yeah. Like for a song like Jingle Bells, I always just assumed that like my elementary school piano teacher was a really famous guy that wrote that. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you're a child, you're naive. Um, See, I thought when the Saints come marching, it was like, oh, it was a ballad original, but it's not. So right after that, and this actually caught me by surprise. I didn't remember this at all. Um, I've got to sing my song, which is an original song by Olita, as heard on her album, Circle of One. And I think it's really cool that they implemented that. Like, that, they, they let her have, like, her own song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, once I, again, her voice is just... Mind, I think this is 100% necessary to the show. I think you need this. Oh, no. yeah. It, her voice is so flawless. It, it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not a person for, like, piano, contemporary music, but that album, it makes it work for me. Mm-hmm. No, she, she's mean, a goddess. She is. I. Um, this is another highlight for me, by the way. This is the two out of three of the highlights. Because it's just such an interesting thing to have in it. But, it's, it's something I also noticed is throughout the entire show, she got such good crowd reception, and I'm like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, like, she deserves it. Yeah, um, but, uh, I, just, because I'm a pianist for a very good some of my life, and I just sit back and I watch her skills and I just marvel at it. You know, how you can do that that well and then sing that well, you know? She's, oh my gosh, she's, like, I can't, I'm at a loss for words. She's just so talented. Yeah, I mean, it just. It's pure talent, too. Like, it's just, it's angelic, really. Yeah. Auto-tune needs Aaliyah Adams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, right after that was Badman's song. I love how it opened with Roland saying, give me some shaker. Yeah. Took, took me back to Bethel when he said, give yeah. me some of that Woodstock. <laughs> Woodstock. Shaker. Yeah, and that's, that's good to know that's a thing they've been doing this whole time. Yeah. I don't like, once again, like they do it these days. I guess they did it back then, too. I don't like how they make this song longer than it needs to be. It's like already eight and a half minutes long i i timed it it was like 12 minutes long this oh, version mm-hmm. yeah in, this one this one's long but otherwise it was good it's just i got bored <laughs> during the instrumental break before yeah. he comes in with my favorite part you know the part yeah he I'm screams i'm in trouble every step of the way, way. yeah <laughs> just fantastic really um probably uh I don't want to say that's one of my three highlights. It's not. Uh, <laughs> but I, it's still a song I really enjoy, and I really it is like... It's not a highlight for me. I don't, my favorite part of the song is the part that's not even... I don't even think it's on the studio version. The duel that they do. You know, where they walk yeah. over next to each other, and they just kind of stand next to each other yeah. and like, do their thing. And <laughs> did you did you catch that shot? It was shot from, like, a low angle where Roll looked over Kurt's shoulder, and he went... Yeah. That's part of the song. <laughs> But um, um, that's, yeah. But watch, also watching Elite at work, I wish the piano. Oh, no, I wish there was a camera on the piano the whole intro, because their hands oh, are so flying. Oh, see it. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Oh, you can't see shit. Sorry. <laughs> Look at that. What are you showing that's me? Oh, that's the music. cheat music. Look at that. Oh, that's crazy. That is wow. nutty. That's cool that they have sheet music for it. Yeah, that's from a uh, songbook. Yeah. Cool. Which is very scarce item, by the way. All the songbooks are. But that one is especially hard to find. Very cool. Yeah. Um, is that on your so, list? <laughs> no. No. Really? That's on my list. I don't have any of those bad boys. Uh, you're a musician. I'm not much of one. Um, I, I especially want the elemental one because I can't find tabs for uh, Dog's Best Friend's Dog online. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want to learn that one. Um, so in Seas of Love, this this might be my favorite performance of the song that I've heard so far. I love like the call and response thing that they have going on, like the the feel the pain. It's how it is on that one version. Talk about yeah. And I I I love how they included like the operatic vocal too. Mm-hmm. You don't get that um, now. No, you don't. And I loved when he said, "You bet, you better educate yourself." So he like screamed it. Um, My favorite part of this performance was at the very very end during like the fade out section, yep. where he was just screaming, reaching. Uh huh. I, I, I like it, but yeah, he, favorite. He, he went. He went <laughs> with his arm. <laughs> <laughs> when he, he belted it. Uh-huh. And then after that, like, directly kind of, like, tying in was, all you need is love. Oh, this is the low light. They butchered this. Well, like, yeah, you're a Beatles fan, so I guess. They, this is, this is just not good. I, no, like they, they, like, I thought it was very neat that, because, you know, it ties in with Soinsies of Love, all you need is love. I thought it was mm-hmm. cool. I think the show could have done without it, of course. Oh, obviously. It would, I, yeah. Um, but it was, he said Raul and the Kings of Spain. In 1990, yeah. Yeah, and this will be a future Farm Tech Friday, but originally um, he wanted to call the Seeds of Love Raul and the Kings of Spain, but the record company or someone with the record company was like, no, you should name it after one of the songs on the album. Mm-hmm. That you have, or one of the songs you already have written, and so he's like, "Okay, fine, I'll call it the Seeds of Love." Um, the one version that is on the CD that you have mm-hmm. that I, um, he um basically says, I think, isn't it? Feel the sorrow, feel the pain, the sun, the moon, the wind, the rain. Yes, I'm still waiting for a row in the Kings of Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, that's dope. One of the one of them after that, he says, in Johnny Panic and the Bible of Dreams. <laughs> Really interesting. Yeah, it's on that one. I forget what part of the song he says in it, but he does just say something about Johnny Pink with Viola Dreams. Wow. Um, but yeah. It, Wait, no, it it's is... not in there. It's in something else. It's in like a dialogue. Oh. Yeah, I don't I've been, exactly. I feel bad. Remember. I haven't listened to that CD yet. I've just been nope, so busy. I was, I, here's the, I listened to it before we did this, thinking this was going to be on both that and uh, this. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we're um, not doing another episode on this tour, so. <laughs> it's, it's fine. When um, we do an next Q&A, when well, my question for you is going to be, did you listen to the CD I made you? <laughs> um, everybody Wants to Rule the World. Great performance. This Might is be the my favorite clip. one. This is the first clip they show in the Classic Alps documentary. As soon as it starts. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh. Well, you're with. Yeah. Um, I don't have much to say about it. I mean, it has your favorite. Yeah. It doesn't bother me because I don't know. William Gregory just in scenes kind of annoyed me because it was just a pop concert with like a bunch of synthesizers. And here's this guy with the saxophone just dropping stuff. But this is a huge production. And I feel like it works very well because this is. I don't even know what to call this. Is this a pop concert? It's not a pop concert. Uh, I wouldn't call it pop. This is, is this a rock concert? Is this a Tear Shapiro's full-fledged rock concert? Frog or something. Progressive, progressive pop. There we go. Frog pop. Is that even a thing? Yes, that's what Kate Bush and Peter Gabriel and whatnot are considered. Okay, pop. valid, valid, valid. I'd throw Tear Shapiro's into that mold. Maybe. Probably. Especially Elemental. It's pretty progressive. Fish out of water. Power. That's a proc. Um, wait, oh, there wasn't really anything about this performance that, like, <laughs> stood out to me. It was, no, it was just, just really good performance. Um, right after that was Year of the Knife. Dude, they'll never do this song again, but this is a song I wish I could turn back time and see. It was an amazing performance. Like, all of it was just so spectacular. Like, it's, it was, this is my other highlight. This is the third highlight for me. Yeah. I mean, I I love how the intro is different. It's kind of got like a conga drum feel to it. The sample, the drum sample they use for the intro, it's different than what's on the album. No, it's not. 
That's an album. No, but it sounds different. It's probably a different thing that they reprogrammed. It's not the same exact sound. Oh. If you listen to it, but it's the same like rhythm. It sounded the same to me. But like, what do I know? It does. It's not in the Canadian single version, so that's probably why. It's not. Hey, I listen to the album version from time to time. <laughs> um, but oh, I loved it. I mean, having the extra one, the fe- the extra female voice is like seriously like Like, uh huh. Seriously, like it. Yeah, is <laughs> such a good performance. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good performance. Um. That's all I have to say about it. Anything you have to say? Um, the intro was kind of long, though. Yeah, no, it was definitely longer. This version clocked in at over eight minutes. Eight minutes, yeah. Um, I really, really liked um, Roland's lack of a scream. Did he do one? What? Like, I, after, after the instrumental break? Did he... Um, he did. After, he did. He did. He did a scream? I think he did. After the instrumental break, because on the on the CD I gave you, he does it. I think he did it in the Going to California. <laughs> I don't remember. It's not like I just watched it an hour ago. <laughs> right, I literally watched it. Um, but, might have. Yeah. But. <sighs> you know what I was watching right before we started recording? Psych. Um, yes, because I'm doing another. I'm doing a rewatch because I just like that show so much, and I wanted to see it again um, from the beginning. And I want American Duos. I watched American Duos right before recording. And it's one of the Tears for Fears episodes. Tim Curry, love that guy. Um, but yeah, moving on, we have the last song of the night. Shout, great song to end on. Um, really good performance. I enjoyed he it. Didn't and he didn't scream. He did not? Okay, I was misremembering, no. I suppose. No, but I think it's I think it's awesome when he does the um Name of Battle of the Night, I can't sleep in it. Was that the lyrics? Something like that? I don't know. Maybe Something like that. I don't his yeah. his hair is all in his face. <laughs> he just looks like a straight up rock and roll star. And then he screams there and then just does like a nose dive but then does a hair flip. <laughs> He loved his long hair. He like flipping it everywhere, showing yeah, it off. Perm that he had probably was it? I'm, like I'm so gen- genuinely curious on like his hair. Like, what is his natural hair texture? I- I'm a future cosmetologist, as you know, so I'm just very curious. Like, what's his natural texture? I don't think he's naturally curly because I've seen photos of him young. His hair mm-hmm. is like straight. And typically, your hair doesn't change texture mm, over the that years. much, especially that much. Yeah, like it's out of control. Yeah, either I I don't know I don't know if he permed it or if he would just curl it. I don't know. I'd love to ask him because then in elemental, it's all straight. It's straight. It's straight. And straight I don't think he relaxed it. And I dog. think he relaxed it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shout good performance. I thought it was very interesting how, like, they ended it off with incorporating the Johnny Panic slash Sowing Seeds of Love oh. rap. Oh. And but which, and it's kind of neat when you think about it, because um, Johnny Panic has the shout bass synth. Mm-hmm. You don't like the John, you don't like that they did that, do you? No, I don't like Johnny Panic all that much. Because we've been over this; it's not a favorite. <sighs> but um, no, I'm I'm no. Not interested in this. Wow. <laughs> um, I will say one thing. Alita was getting jiggy with it. She mm-hmm. was, she was getting down. It's kind of hard not to, you know. For I mean, that, that was a good beat, but um, it's amazing. Like I said, not a fall in sight in the eyes. Everyone's doing the arm wave in unison. I thought that was so crazy. Uh huh. Everyone at the same time was just a man. Concerts just aren't what they used to be. Now everyone has to film stuff for TikTok and. Or or whatnot. they'll all sit down and I'll be the only one in my section standing yeah. up. Well, oh, oh, don't forget, different age demographics are going to Tears for shows now. That That's true, but like, like maybe if I go to like, oh, you go to Twilight Pilot shows, you, you everyone goes crazy at that. Everybody, no one's sitting down. 
Yeah, I see. Yeah. I don't. I don't do concerts because um, I already have hearing damage the way it is, like diagnosed. <laughs> I'm damage. probably gonna get hearing loss from twenty pilot shows. Yeah, I, I, I have partial hearing loss in my right ear. And, That's not um, good. No, and I it's like minimal compared to my left ear, but still hearing loss at eighteen years old. Yeah. But um. Uh, I just, and the concerts to me, like, I'll be like, I, I could just sit at home, save money, and listen to the artist's albums oh. and their output. But then I see something like this, or I watched recently, again, I watched the 1975 at Madison Square Garden back in October, November of last year, which was one of the best concert films I've seen in the past couple of years. And then I recently just watched the Beatles at Chase Stadium. It, but at the same time, that one was very disheartening because all the screaming girls, you know, the guys are just trying to play twist and shout, and you've got girls passing out, you know. Beatlemania. <laughs> you know, I I read recently that all Beatles concerts smelled like vomit and urine That's because great. girls would literally pass out the side and they'd get sick. They'd like get excited because of you know the Beatles, you know these four supposedly great looking guys you know even though only in my opinion one of them was <laughs> good hey, this isn't the beatles from the big chair no there's there's at least 500 of those beatles podcasts um, and only so my, overall, that know what my overall my overall thoughts was i thought it was an extremely solid show like it was a production this um, one really gets swept under the rug compared to scenes from the picture and this is probably better better yeah. Like, uh, scenes in the picture, you can only watch Roland talking about cameras and Kurt talking about whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, there's Salt three things I remember from the shoot of Everybody Wants to <laughs> yeah. Rule the World. Like, I don't watch scenes at all anymore because, you know, you know you've like seen the, the talking bits. Yeah, you've seen the talking bits so much. You know, the concert. If I want to hear or see the video performances... I'm going to listen to the record store day release because that sounds way better than what I'm listening to when I'm watching it. But this, not only is this a tour supporting what I think is a better album than Songs in the Big Chair. Ooh, I think that something like this, this tour would be really cool to have on vinyl. That's why I made up my own CD because this thing would be so cool because it's such a vibrant and lively and just upbeat thing and I know it would bounce right off the grooves and it'd be so cool to have you know probably will never happen because this is like I said the tour that essentially broke them up yeah. but it would be it would be great to have on final you know but what else I'd love to have in final this is just a random thing to insert I would absolutely love to have a reissue of the Tears Roll Down Greatest Hits on vinyl. There's... As random as it is. There's a lot I, w- I would want. But, no, this has definitely always been something I'd like. And I really think it's a huge shame that Going California was not included in the Seeds of Love box and on DVD or Blu-ray. Completely that's ignored. That's so... That's awful. All live material was ignored. Period. Every Tears She Fears, no, there's no such thing as a perfect Tears She Fears box set. The Herding has yeah. flubs and whatnot. It's missing the music mm-hmm. videos. Songs in the Picture is as close to perfect as it gets, as far yeah. as comprehensive. That probably is the best one comprehensive-wise, because the material audio-wise is fantastic. And then you get scenes, and you get all their TV appearances for some reason. That's this random. really cool. And then you get all the music videos in pretty solid quality. But the yeah. flubs... No video content. Yeah, that's weird. And I fear that's the path they're going to go down because Blu-ray audio is like the end thing for box sets, you know. Screw a live concert or music videos. Let's just throw the 5.1 and Dolby Atmos mix on a Blu-ray and call it a day. Yeah. That's like the current thing, and I don't go for that. I would have much preferred if this was included in the box but what are you gonna do now did you think the quality was good on the one you watched on youtube yeah it was decent um one thing i really loved was how the whole time like adele and Vinny were just vibing so hard i'm like 
that would literally be me if I was them. Like, I'd be doing the same exact thing. They I were going with him, and I loved it. Andy Davis was just kind of there. They didn't show him too often. He was just playing the keys. There was one zoom in where he was dancing with the ladies. Did you see it? I did catch that, yeah. I thought it was cute. I thought it was cute. No, he was. He's kind of understated in the grand scheme of Tears Street Fears. He he's still alive, right? Yeah. Okay. I he was there from the very sure. beginning too. You got to. I mean, you know, you figure he was there as early as 1983, top of the pops. Yeah. Um, toured with them on the hurting tour and the way you are tour. He's in in my mind's eye. So um, weird that they had a tour just for the way you are. Mm-hmm. So and weird. so weird how the tour for the way you are. This concert film doesn't feature the way you are in the concert film. They hated it that much. They hated it that much, even at that point. Yeah. But um, one more thing. I think it's I like their weakest. Yeah, probably Sorry. worst tier shoot for your single. We should. That's an episode for your episode. Every single ranked from uh, oh. favorite to least favorite, least favorite favorite, I guess. But uh, one more thing I wanted to ask you before um because this is the end for the seeds of love so i guess i could ask one comprehensive question that i guess like we you know we touched on this in the um 80s thing which we sorry to admit we recorded that one before we recorded this we recorded a little out of order so you won't hear it until next week <laughs> yeah but how do, how would you say this era stands up 30 some years later like it's nowhere near as iconic as something like songs in the big chair and it doesn't define them like that and i think this one actually gets swept under the rug because this is an album that didn't have as many hits as the first two but how would you say that this album stands this album this era album whatever stands up in their 40 some year career what do you mean like do you feel this was one of the highs of their career, like a low, just like? Um, in terms of content, it's hard to say because it kind of like I know Kurt sings lead on advice, but aside from that one song, it really just felt like Roland, Nikki, and Alita. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there was like a new phase. Uh, like this is I don't to c- me. consider it like Roland and Kurt. Yeah. It doesn't it, feel like that to me. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like the hurting or songs of big chair or even happy ending or tipping point just because of such the lack of Kurt. Yeah. Um, but so music wise, it's really good. Yes. Yeah. Super unique, super experimental, and it worked out so well, super diverse. Um, but when it comes to like the, the concerts, it no offense to Kurt, obviously. It just for some reason it feels a little strange having him there in the concert, just considering like how little he did on the album but it, mm-hmm. i also i have to keep in mind like well he's singing songs from the other albums and stuff yeah. that he worked on as well but it's, yeah, it's just interesting seeing him you, yeah with alita sorry you asked me i'm answering <laughs> seeing him with alita and roland and all that anyway yeah when you look at this in like the grand perspective and whatnot to so many people even though you look at this to so many people he is the lead singer of Tears for Fears. So many people out there. It's just like maybe in the hurting. Yeah, only because you figure. What were their biggest and singles in the eighties? Madrill. Over heels. Pale. I mean, like specific, specifically in the UK, their biggest singles were Madrill, Pale Mad Shelter, and Change. Change. And then everybody wants to rule the world. Not a number one, I don't think. But it did very well. Yeah. So for yeah, so yeah. The he'd be, he'd be the guy you'd be seeing on the television, singing all the time on top of pops, whatever shows they would do. He was, you know, the guy that was always doing promotion. Uh-huh. Like he'd be going on TV during even during this era, you wouldn't see Roland give an interview. No. Like I think they were on Countdown in the Netherlands, and uh, Kurt did the interview this is 1989 so obviously kurt obviously won't have a lot of perspective to offer 
no offense to Kurt, yeah. but he wasn't around. And he was asked uh, right away where Roland was. He's like, he's in the dressing room or something. I don't know. It's like, okay, that gives me a good idea how these guys felt about each other. And um, I don't know, this is obviously, I, I didn't stop talking about it. This is like my favorite album of the 80s, or one of them, at least, you know. There's so many to choose uh-huh, from. Yeah. This, this one is, without a doubt, up there for me. And, I mean, it's a shame they didn't get along well during this. You know, it's a huge shame. Yeah. But what are you going to do? You can't, you know, be friends with someone all the time. You're going to have your disagreements. You're going to fight. You're going to argue. I mean, it didn't work out for the Beatles. Who said it had to work out for Tears for Fears? <laughs> yeah. But, fortunately... Our breakup episode is going to be so interesting. No one's going to listen to it because we all ignore it and it happened. Yeah, I mean, you kind of, it's kind of just like... Well, it's super important when it comes to the history of the man because, like, it happened. Yeah, it's the guy wasn't there, there two for albums. two albums. <laughs> yeah. There's two albums without um, Kurt. Um, and it's something that does need to be talked about. But I don't know how much I can say because... I get conflicting dates all the time as to like when it happened. There's no set date as to when it was announced. We'll there. <laughs> I'll ask ChatGPT when Kurt Smith left Tears for Fears, and it's going to be like, according to my research, Kurt Smith never left Tears for Fears, because <laughs> it does that, you know, because AI is stupid. You know, I asked it the other day, who directed the video for the Tears for Fears video for Cold, because it's not really known. I, f- I found who it is, but we'll get there. Um, then ChatGPT was like, um, based on my uh, information, Tears have never released a music video for Cole. Right. It's on YouTube with a million views. So, uh, all right, but that's yeah, um, all we have. That's all oh, I got. You're killing me. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna do everything here since you introed. Um, if you listen to this episode to the very end, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it if you want to drop us a review we also appreciate that feedback oh yeah good review uh feedback is always um great and you know they say any press is good press (laughs) but um follow us on actually i gotta have myself if you listened on youtube smash that like button uh, hit subscribe, post notifications, notifications on, on so you always get updated when we release a new episode. Follow us on Facebook at History from the Big Chair. We'll also be having stuff on YouTube eventually. Eventually. When life's yeah. not so busy. And school happened. I was literally school. gearing up for it, and I was like, boom, school. But yeah, there's that. Um, Twitter, Twitter, HFTBC underscore pod on the Twitter uh, or X or whatever. No. At Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Did you Uh, say Facebook? I did say Facebook. And then you follow us. Chance are, if you listen to this podcast, you already follow us on one of these things. But follow us (laughs) on Instagram at History from the Picture. That's home turf. It's main campus. It's where everything happens. That is where we do our music monday slash merch monday slash memorabilia mondays that's where we do our throwback thursdays our um fun fact fridays and the occasional song fact saturday slash sunday which i might stop saying because it's been about two months since we've done um it'll it eventually yeah so um that's all we do there you can follow at cherry cole underscore art underscore for the best tears your fears art in the entire universe whenever she decides to post whenever it's not even decides. decides whenever i can post yeah, whenever, so she, busy. whenever she can art whenever i can does. art and I then do. and then go ahead and follow at tears for fears dot swag for some funny tears for fears memes Whenever he decides to post as well. Life's yeah, busy, because, but we make enough time to do this. because Yeah, I need it. to get back to that. I'm two followers. Um, I've lost um, 11 followers in the past three days, and I'm two away from oh. dropping under 1,000. Make a post. Just Make a post. Some, I'll do Because you have some in your bank. Like Yeah. Yeah, just throw one out there. Boom. One or two that I can't post because 
I can't. They're a little too edgy. They're a little too edgy for this audience. If I was maybe like a Limp Bizkit meme page, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. You want to do the outro? I'll do the outro. So, yeah, thanks for stopping by, and we'll catch you next week when we do the 80s retrospective. The 80s retrospective. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> All right. All right, so, so long. Take care. And always remember to sow the seeds of love.